and welcome back to the Couch GM Podcast. My name is Ryan Parker, and I'm joined, as always, by Matt Chamberlain. How's how's it going, Matt? I'm all right. I've had I've had about a week to heal. Yeah. Now from from the collapse, so I've kind of composed myself. I'm I'm back together. I'm reasonable. Okay. Again, uh, Kyrie's probably leaving. I hate to break that news to you, but see now you now you're <laughs> making me unreasonable. <laughs> I just podcast. had to open that wound. I had to, you know, uh, misery or yeah, misery enjoys company. Whatever that saying is, I probably said that backwards, but uh, you've been feeling it for a few weeks. Yeah, exactly. I mean, my franchise is like a deadbeat franchise at this point. It's going nowhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that's a little harsh, um, but I, I'm in. Feels, a, I'm sure. I'm in a bad like spl- space yeah. right now. All right, <laughs> I'm in a very bad space. Uh, anyways, before we get too too much farther into the podcast remember to follow us on twitter at nba couch gm pod uh, you can fo- also find us on apple Podcasts, spotify google play or stitcher and leave us a rating and review and uh that would be great really help us out we would appreciate it appreciate it matt what happened in episode 27 we're on tw- 28 episodes 28. now halfway through the year Good. over halfway i know so recap 27 um we talked about monty williams becoming the new head coach of the suns and what the Lakers were still doing in their coaching search, and maybe did Monty Williams choose the Suns, or did the Lakers choose someone else? The more we found out now, it feels like Monty Williams chose the Suns. <laughs> we talked about like how hilarious would that be if that was true. It seems like it's true. It's perfect. Um, it's too perfect. Too good. We talked about how Toronto was kind of faltering against Philly, but now we know that series turned around real quick. Um, Golden State and, and the Houston series, we... We last talked after game three, so we've seen now how that's played out. We talked about Milwaukee starting to bounce back against Boston after after a rough first one. And then Denver and Portland, just kind of that even back and forth series. And now we're, we're at episode 28, and we can now talk about how all these have actually played out and, and what we're looking forward to next. But before that, in the news, our games of the week, I had the game five Warriors-Rockets. I had the Warriors winning by five, 130 to 125. The Warriors won by five, but much lower scoring, 104 to 99. So uh, my over/under, the spot on was was good, but the 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 total score I, I was off by quite a bit. But hey, I got the five point difference right. I think I'm we cool, flipped it again cool this week. Yeah, because then Ryan's game was Rockets or not Rockets Raptors 76. I think this was also game five. Um, I believe so. Game six. But anyway, so the Raptors won 102-96. They won 125-89. So blew the doors off of Philly um, by didn't, 36. Didn't see that one coming. No. Now, Philly faltering kind of the same way Toronto had been. Not that surprising in the grand scheme of things, looking at a big picture. But the way Philly had been playing... Man, that that was quite a drop off. Man, you think about it, you know, after game three, uh, and we'll talk about this here in a little bit, but you know, going up two one in Philly with game four, feeling mm-hmm. pretty good, and then just laying that egg. Laying that egg, it's no good. Um but we'll get into this week's news before we recap uh the semis, which were mm-hmm. amazing, amazing mm-hmm. round of playoffs. Um the Lakers finally fought <laughs> Find a head coach in Frank Vogel, um, and but almost had Ty Lue as a head coach. 
Disaster. Not saying Tyloo would have been a disaster, but the situation with Tyloo. I okay. Definitely a disaster. So yes, Tyloo would have been this best hire because we were talking about this off air. Like he's managed LeBron's ego. He's been a part of like everything LeBron says is a headline, and you know he's had media. to deal with J.R. Smith. Right? <laughs> like the man knows how to handle people. Exactly, and you know there's that relationship there with LeBron, obviously already. Frank Vogel, like, what was his last coaching gig? Orlando? Orlando. He got canned when they got new management. And it's like, uh, Frank Vogel might be a nice guy, but I hate this hire for the Lakers. I really do. It's like, what Like, what do you expect this guy to do? Like, is he better than Luke Walton? Like, it, um, there I clearly, think, clearly wasn't a plan after firing Luke Walton. I think there, I think there was a plan. I think the plan was Ty Lue or Jason Kidd. But the Ty Lue part, like, it's a disaster. Like, and if you never heard, like, they wanted to pick Ty Lue's assistant coach staff, and they only wanted to give him a three-year deal. He wanted a five-year deal. So, like, there was just some some messiness there that I think the Lakers, kind of in the same way they've handled everything else, they're just like, oh, no, this is going to happen. This is going to work out in our favor. We're the Lakers, and, and you get to coach for us. And Ty Lue's like, I'm still cashing checks from Cleveland. <laughs> why, why would I go do this um, if we're not going to do it on my terms? So I think they had a plan. I think it was a dumb plan, and it didn't yeah. work. Um, and then Frank Vogel, it's like, well, if Jason Kidd was, like, your next best guy, why didn't you just hire Jason Kidd then? Right. Like, why not just hire him? Why hire Frank Vogel, and then he agrees to put Jason Kidd on staff? It almost feels like that's going to undermine anything Frank Vogel does in the locker room and with this team. Well, that's already been the rumblings is Jeannie Buss wants Jason Kidd to take over in a couple of years. So it's like, what's Frank Vogel doing? I mean, unless he's just like, yeah, sure, why not? I want to coach basketball. And then maybe he's like, he can get back on like a good reputation. Like, that wasn't my fault. That was a dumpster fire. I mean, maybe maybe it was my strategy from a couple uh, last episode when I was talking about the mm-hmm. Suns is like, just agree to this ludicrous deal. And you're yeah. man, when you ever get canned, it's not your fault. And you're cashing you're the Ty Lue method. You, yeah. know? you have a couple million dollar check coming in. Yeah, for, for the next three years after you're already... Gone, yeah. But also, I'm not gonna. Lie, I don't hate this hire, because Frank Vogel, he like he, he plays defense. He has a system. He knows how he likes things to be run. Luke Walton. It's not that he doesn't have a system or like know what he's doing, because he does. But his is a little more free flow. It's just getting transition and, and run a run a fast paced offense. Frank Vogel's not necessarily like that. Frank Vogel's like we're gonna play a good staunch defense. We're going to have a, a half-court offense. We're going to have plays. And Luke Walton was more like, let's just get the ball and push. Let's just s- steal easy buckets yep. in transition that you know the defense just really can't get back and defend. Whereas Frank Vogel was like, no, we're going to do this methodically. And that's LeBron. LeBron's like that. Now, is everyone else on the Lakers <laughs> like that? No. So you're appealing to one guy. But is it the right guy? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like... Another part to this is, like, you don't know who you're bringing in in the offseason in terms of free agents. And, I mean, like, what if you bring in Kemba Walker? Are you going to convince Kemba? I like Kemba. Kemba's a good player. How much defense is he going to be able to play on, like, a Steph Curry, though? Mm. Or, That's where you hope Lonzo Ball is, like, the defensive. I don't guru is the wrong word, but, like, this defensive expert that, like, can kind of take away the better of the two backcourt guards. And then the other guy's like, can you just do enough on the other? 
Yeah. Because for most teams you're going to be playing, that's good enough. Outside of like maybe Portland and Golden State, you can get away with that. And yeah. I mean, that's another thing that, I mean, there's a million and one things that go into this, but honestly, like, is Clay going to be there? Like it could just be Steph at the after this season, yeah. like after this off season. So you only really have to worry about Steph, and maybe that's it. But I don't know. For me, it's an interesting hire. Not the first guy I would choose, and obviously not the Lakers' first guy. But it's kind of an interesting dude to end up on. Yeah, um, I didn't see it coming. I'll give him that. Yeah. Um, some more head coaching news. John Beeline. Beeline. I always botch that last name. It's like uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander for me at the beginning of the season uh, is hired as the next Cleveland Cavaliers head coach, Um, meaning the University of Michigan job has now opened up. I know that's not Mm. NBA, but I saw a Thunder beat reporter uh, again back to my misery. It would Billy Donovan uh, report or not reporting, kind of just speculating that would Billy Donovan be interested in maybe going back to the college level if because he only has one year left on his deal. Yeah. And there's already speculation that the Thunder might not bring him back and Sam Presti was not too being too committed to bringing yeah. him back in the future. It's just the plan. It's just the plan, whatever that means. Um so I don't know. It would be kind of interesting if maybe someone else in the NBA ranks were to hop down to snatch up the Michigan job because yeah. I think it's a pretty good gig right now. They've been competitive for the last several years and competitive being like championship competitive been in a couple national championships even, even when they haven't had necessarily like the star talent they've just had a bunch of good players and they've got a few in this year's draft too no one that i'm particularly first round high on but i feel like they got like four guys that could go in the second round like the upper second round yep and so it's like okay that means you got four good players and in college that means you're a really good college team if you have four yeah. really good potential NBA players. So you're right. Like, that kind of kind of talent will come to Michigan. And so maybe if you're Billy Donovan and you're like, I'm done with this, this. Yeah. then maybe, I don't know, maybe this is an opening. I, I don't know if I want to see Billy Donovan go back down to college, at least not yet. But I could understand how it could be appealing to him. I could see a couple people thinking about this in terms of, like, even an assistant – like oh yeah, coaches, because it is a pretty good gig. Like I said, like Ohio State's not that good right now. Michigan, yeah, Michigan. State's pretty good, but like, how long is that going to be? Yeah, Tom Izzo could be on like retiring pretty soon. So if you can get like a five year deal, you yeah. could feel pretty good about that. I feel like, um, but it's just kind of interesting. I, I I think this is a fine hire for the Cav- in terms of the Cavaliers. It's all about player development. It's all about player development. What happens with Colin Sexton? Uh, what happens with whatever pick? Wherever they end up with what, whatever pick? Mm-hmm. What you do with Kevin Love? Whatever you can get out of him in the back half of his career? Maybe making a push back in the playoffs, but you're certainly not a championship contender like you were a couple seasons ago with LeBron. <clears throat> Next piece of news, uh, Warriors might be getting Boogie back in Western Conference Finals uh, while Durant is out for Game 1 uh, in the Western Conference Finals against the Portland Trailblazers. Do you feel like this is going to be a big difference? Do either one of these dudes make a big difference if they're in or out at this point? Probably not for Game 1. I'm more wondering about games like 
three and four mm. when they're going back to Portland. Yeah. And it's road games, and, and we know role players don't usually play on the on the road. <coughs> so if you got Boogie and KD back for games three and or four, then all of a sudden that's less time that you've got to give to your role players. Those are just stars who can yeah. handle home games or away games. So then if you have a good start to the series, can that series get over pretty quick? So that's more where I'm looking forward to their returns or where their impact's really going to be felt is in games three and four on the road. Yeah, it's, it would be interesting to get Boogie back because then you would force Portland. I mean, we'll talk about this later. I'm not going to get into it right now. Uh, that would go on to a spiel of Portland Warriors. More Myers Leonard. Oh my God, get out of here with that. Um, some other news this week. Paul George has surgery uh, on partially torn tendon and right shoulder. We'll have surgery surgery for a small labrum tear in left shoulder in a few a few weeks. And uh, you have a note here. No wonder he couldn't shoot at the end of the season. He couldn't lift his arms. He got torn two torn muscles in his shoulders, each one. Could you imagine if he was healthy? Like what that Portland series could have been for that could have been a spectacular game seven. Considering how like well Portland's just play, like it's still hard to wonder if OKC would have won. But it, it feels a little diminished knowing what we know now about Paul George. But I mean, that's the reality. At yeah. the end of the year, like it feels like everyone's hurt. That's, yeah. And now maybe not as much as Paul George was and still playing, but I mean that's gonna be extremely painful to shoot. Yeah, with those two muscles. Every time you raise your shoulder, you're like, "Nope, that doesn't feel good. That hurts. That's really bad. Oh, that just tore." <laughs> yeah, I wonder if these kind of like uh, happen, like what if one happened and then the other one kind of happened because he was trying to compensate. That could be it too, because that happens quite a bit in sports and in injuries. But anyway. Uh, the NBA draft lottery is Tuesday, May 14th at 7.30 p.m. Central on ESPN. We'll, we won't have to wonder if the Knicks will have the number one pick after tomorrow. There's been so much hype on SportsCenter. Um, like, are the Knicks going to get the first pick? Is is Patrick Ewing going to be like the lucky charm to help the Knicks get the first pick? Because they need Zion. And now part of me says, if I wasn't thinking it before, I don't want the Knicks to get the first pick. I'm calling it now the Knicks aren't going to get It's just their luck. They traded away all, like this, fourth pick. all this cap space, all this stuff, and they're not going to get it. I'm calling it right now. Yeah. I don't care if this this doesn't age well. Probably won't. I, I just, I so badly just don't want it to happen now. Oh, me too. So I'm all in on that. I just want, like, <clears throat> the Cavs to get Zion for whatever reason, just because the Cavs seem to have incredible luck whenever it comes to getting a lottery ball to yeah, bounce Yeah, they do. Way. No one deserves Zion. No, I'm just and not all those teams. Yeah, There's exactly. A few others you can mention. Uh, so that brings us to the end of this NBA, the this week's news in the NBA. Um, Matt, let's get into the thought of the week. What's your thought of the week? So we had this poll question out. Um, I believe you put it out, Ryan. I did. And it said, who's had the more disappointing season? Now that they're both done, they both came to hard, abrupt endings. Who had the more disappointing season, the Thunder or the Thel- or the Celtics? I said the Celtics whenever I, I voted and replied because we had expectations. Like, Champion- we- I mean, like, rightfully so. Yeah, we were like, okay, we, we were figuring out at the end of the year. We went, like, something like 11-4 and four to end the regular season. We swept Indiana, 
and it looked like when we stepped on the floor of Milwaukee in game one, we are just like, we got this. And in game one, then they did. Like, they obliterated Milwaukee in game one. And they're like, we got this. And then... <laughs> They didn't. They didn't have it. They, they didn't. They didn't narrator. They didn't got this. <laughs> it didn't happen. And then they got gentlemen swept from there. Oof. And it it was rough. Like I didn't feel good about any of the games. Like there, I think the closest one was like eleven or twelve points out of the next four. Like it wasn't a, a good series. Like it wasn't enjoyable to watch. Like at all, unless you're just a Giannis fan. Like, <laughs> like it was just rough. And I think. Knowing what all they had talent wise, knowing how the regular season ended, they were hot. Mm. Knowing that they they got a pretty good first round matchup, having to only go against Indiana and all the injuries they had to deal with. They they had a path. It was clear, and they got in their own heads. And clearly, it was like we're we're just walking to the championship, and. and Maybe we're not going to beat Golden State, but we're going to get there, mm. and we're going to show everyone like we are like the next team once Golden State breaks up, assuming they're breaking up. And they got laughed off the court. <laughs> like you got embarrassed, you got just steamrolled by Milwaukee. You got booed by your own fans. They did and they deserved it. I mean, they did. Yeah. And so it's like you are this big bad Boston with all stars on all stars with young talent on young talent. And you got rolled by George Hill. Like, <laughs> come on. You can't get rolled by George Hill and just be like, yeah, but, yeah, but, no, no. No, yeah, that, but. That, that's just disappointing in every way. Like, you had no answer. Your stars didn't play like stars. Your role players were average to below average. Your coach was eh. And... You you had every reason from day one of the regular season to be the best team in the East, and time after time you let it you let it down, and just when you were like, uh, oh, announce a hope, cut it down at the knees. Yeah, I, that I so I have uh, made fun of the Thunder quite a bit just on this podcast, this episode alone. Deserved. Deserved. Uh, but it is definitely the Celtics who had a more disappointing season. There were a couple of be- people who voted for the Thunder, um, and at their peak, they looked like the third best team in the West. But so with the so Celtics, a semi- so a semifinals team in the West. Yeah, but with the, what the what we were talking about at the beginning of the season with the Celtics was sixty wins, sixty to sixty. I think I said sixty to sixty-five wins. And you get bounced in the second round with five games. Yeah. And five games. Like, you just can't do more. And, like, Kyrie just disappearing in the second half of that series. Like, and saying, like, the most gobbledygook things, like, you could absolutely say after a game. It's like, oh, I should have shot the ball more. When he had, like, 22, went 7 to 22. Yeah, he's it's like, like, I should have shot 30. It's like, should you have? <laughs> should yeah. you have? Why, why can't you just say, you know what? I liked my looks. They didn't go in. I got to trust my shot. I got to trust my game. Yeah. That's that's maybe the response I'm looking for if you're going with, like, you felt good. There is a time and a place to say I should have shot more. Yeah, but maybe, 
Not after shooting seven for twenty-two. Though. You, yeah, you can't go shoot thirty percent from the field and say like I should have shot the ball eight more times. You didn't even make eight shots. <laughs> well, that's the thing is like what Giannis did in games two through five is he just took over the series. He said, "No, he we're not. We're not losing another game." And what I would have liked Kyrie to done is essentially say the same thing. Is like I'm gonna play outstanding defense. He was awful on defense. Just like yeah. awful. For whatever reason, he wanted to switch on to Giannis a couple times there at the end. Bad idea. Well, He's know. as good at guarding Giannis as the dude from the commercials where <laughs> where it's like Giannis at the local Y. It's like, like why did you think? Like, I understand you want to be on the best dude, but like. This you, is not a good matchup. It's not, it's not good for you. Like, that's not good for you at all. I don't know. It's just like, it's a weird chemistry season for the Celtics in general. And I think that my subplot question for that poll, almost, uh, I wanted to do another poll, but I decided to hold off, is who's more toxic to their team, Russell Westbrook or Kyrie Irving? Toxic's an odd word. Because who's more detrimental to their team? Uh, Because on the court, Kyrie was better. Yeah, I was gonna say night in, night out on the basketball court. I would have rather had Kyrie. Me too. But Russell commands the city. That he's he the plays mayor. In. He's the mayor. Yeah, of city. more than Kyrie controls the Celtics. Well, that's because the Celtics are like we don't, we don't need Kyrie. We want Kyrie to want us, but we don't need Kyrie to to have championships. Just to look up at the banners. Yeah. We don't need you. We'll find someone else. It might take a couple years, but we'll find someone else. Oklahoma City doesn't know anything different yep. than, than Russell Westbrook and, and his madness. <laughs> and so, like, they've built what they've built around him. Yeah. He he can do a lot of wrong, but on some level, he can do no wrong, no wrong for them. Yeah. And I think that's, like, it, these teams were, I mean, we're both fans of these franchises, but they were also so paralleled. A lot. Mm -hmm. Like, they both had ups and downs. Their star players had weird seasons in a lot of ways. They showed a lot of potential, but when it was really low, it looked really bad. Uh, And it's just so interesting that these two teams uh, just couldn't ever figure it out. For how, like, storied, like, the Celtics are and how much talent and smarts they have around that organization. It just didn't seem like it ever came together for them. Yeah, you can make all the right moves. And for the most part, it seems like they made a lot of the right moves in terms of roster building and everything. But that doesn't mean a dude on paper is going to work with another dude once they're actually on the court together. Yeah. I think that was just it. It just We can never get it to work from a basketball perspective Every single day, every single time you step onto the court, and we saw it against Milwaukee, games two through five. We saw it at its peak, or I guess at its at its lowest. Yeah, we saw it. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough for a season to end that way. But I'll move on to my thought of the week, and it's simply this: uh, Philly has has like this underlined bold, italicized. However you want to put it to, has to offer Jimmy Butler a max contract this offseason. And the tricky part is, he might not sign it. Because there's going to be a lot of other teams who are going to try to offer him yeah. a max contract. There's a lot of money this offseason. And if you're the Lakers, like, 
wouldn't that be a nice pairing? Like a playmaker who can kind of shoot, defend. Le- LeBron, look, we got someone else who will play defense for you. Yeah. <laughs> and like with Ben Simmons kind of diminishing, disappearing in that ra- this round, like you need someone else outside of Embiid. And if Butler walks, like I don't know who you're going to. J.J. Redick? <laughs> yeah. And I, he's a free agent this offseason, too. Dude. Like, there's, there's, I mean, someone could throw money at him. Houston almost signed him last offseason, mm-hmm. I think, threw some money at him. Trying. Like, why wouldn't, why wouldn't they do the same thing again this, this season, this offseason? Yeah, it's, it's a great, great point. Um, I, I really genuinely think Philly wishes they weren't in this position. Because I think you're right. I think Philly needs to at least offer Jimmy Butler a max or 95% max, whatever. But he, one, yeah, you're right. He might not sign it. And two, I really think they were hoping, like, essentially Jimmy and Ben Simmons' stat lines, performances, eye tests, and the playoff would be swapped. So that way this would be, like, a much easier, like, Jimmy, we tried it. It didn't work. Best of luck in Atlanta. Right. Or L.A. or wherever you go. But we're rolling with Ben Simmons. And now they're like, well, are we rolling with Ben Simmons? Yeah. Do we want to be rolling with Ben Simmons? Because you're right. It it wasn't pretty. It wasn't good. For not all. For a good portion of it. It was not good basketball that Ben Simmons was giving us in the playoffs this year. No. I mean, like, he... And granted, I mean, that's been said... This has been said a lot. This Philly five had had ten games to figure Mm -hmm. it out before the playoffs. All of ten games, starting five. I would assume they would want to try to run it back, but I don't know. Like, as an owner, like, do you want to be paying all this dude, all these dudes get possibly bounced again? I mean, there's just so many things, but, like, in terms of stability, like... Jimmy Butler would bring that stability to Philly, like Giannis has brought stability to Milwaukee, where you know what you're going to get from that guy every single night in, night out. With Embiid, it's just so sporadic, and we saw that in this series with Toronto. Same thing with like Ben Simmons; it was sporadic. It's like who who you can relying on consistently, night in, night out, to produce for you. And it's like looking at his. Ben Simmons' game log for the playoffs this this season. God. I feel like he had three good games. Game two against Brooklyn when they won by 22. He went for 18, 12, and 10 on 8 to 12 shooting. I can look at game three against Brooklyn. They won by 16. 11 for 13 shooting, 31 points, 9 assists, 4 rebounds. But then I got to go all the way down to game six. Of this last series, <laughs> yeah, Philly won by eleven. He went for twenty-one, six and eight. Outside of that, I'm seeing a bunch of ten-point, six-point, fourteen-point games. Four assists, five assists, five rebounds. You're six foot ten, <laughs> two hundred forty pounds, and you look like LeBron. Like, how are you? How do you have the body of nearly LeBron playing on a? a Billy team with five all-stars or at least four all-stars and you're putting up nothing 
yeah. outside of three games. You play 12 playoff games, so you're only a, a good, great player a fourth of the time. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a max player. That doesn't sound like someone you build around. That sounds like a role player. That sounds like C.J. McCollum. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like less than C.J. McCollum. It sounds like Evan, After Evan's... this series, yeah, that's a disrespect to C.J. McCollum. I'm sorry, C.J. <laughs> that sounds like... Uh, you sound like Jennifer. Shout out Jennifer. to Jennifer. <laughs> if you didn't know there was a Jennifer... What, long story short. You don't know by now. If you don't, you don't know, know, you should know. Um, the thing is, that sounds like an Evan Turner stat line. Kind of. Yeah, this is, a, this is like Yusuf Nurkic. This is your third star at best. This is like the third guy who you just hope will get you a game every now and again. Yeah. This is not a build your team around. And I know he's still young and all that. But maybe that just proves, okay, you have a window here in the next two, three years. Like, Jimmy might be that guy that helps that window stay open for maybe a little longer. So whatever Jimmy wants, if that if this is a window, if this is a chance, Boston's not there yet, clearly. Like, they still got some figuring out to do, especially if Kyrie leaves. Like, they got some work to do. We've talked before, Milwaukee, this might be their year just because of how many free agents they have and, like, do they want to spend into the tax the way they'd have to to keep people. Toronto, you don't have quite... This is your window. This is it. If you can keep Jimmy, you might have two, three, four, five years of getting to at least the second round the first of the playoffs, hopefully further, but at least there. If you re-sign Jimmy, this can be your baseline. Yeah. That's that's a good place to start. It's a good place to start. Another thing that needs to be said, I think for me at least, is Embiid misses a big stretch of games again this season. Yep. It's like how well, it's in the year two. How often can you bank on this guy to mm-hmm. like stay healthy? Dude's He's, sick and like missing playoff games. <laughs> yeah. It's like wh- why are you sick right now? <laughs> Like where's your conditioning? Like where? How are you yeah. taking care of your body? And he still hasn't figured that out yet. Yeah, it's He's been, been a in long the NBA time for, in the... for a handful of years. So I don't know. I mean, this is only second Philly's second run with this core of Embiid and Simmons and adding Jen Butler and uh, Tobias Harris. But I th- I think for Philly moving forward, if I were the GM, I would have to. I I just have to. Like yeah. whether you sign or not, you have to try to re-sign him. Can't say you didn't try. Yeah, exactly. Let's move on to our first topic of the day, which is uh, recapping round two, the conference semifinals. Uh, where do you want to start with this, Matt? I'll start with a couple teams we haven't really talked about. Um, let's go Golden State Houston. Because mm, I have some thoughts. Daggers. My, my thought of the week was going to be about Houston, but then. Uh, Watching the Philly Philly game last night, I changed my mind. Yeah, I mean, because Philly had a had an entertaining ending that Kawhi shot and all, but man, out out earlier in the week, it was it was Steph delivering Oof. to put a dagger in Houston, won the series four two. Now Golden State gave cha- gave Houston every chance in the world. To, oh my! To be a part of this series, to push this to seven, we could have had three game sevens yesterday. Instead, we, instead we only had two. So, oh, thanks, but, thanks, <laughs> thanks, Houston. Um, so Golden State gave them every chance possible. In game six, I I feel like that was the most crippling scenario for Houston because they had hope for for a little bit. They had hope, and then it got squashed. So whether that means there was no Durant, 
Because he got hurt in game five. Yeah. Steph is dealing with his hand injury and laid a first half goose egg, which he hadn't done since 2012. Yeah. And then you had good games from Chris Paul and James Harden. Like, it's, it's not you can say, like, oh, James Harden didn't show up. No, he showed up. He went for 35. Maybe you can criticize the ending a little. But he went for 35, and Chris Paul nearly went for 30. Yeah, like and 27 or yeah, something like that. Yeah, and you lost. Like, wh- what else can you do? You had a good start. Yeah. Your, your two stars played the best games they'd played mm. pretty much all series. The other team was shorthanded, and their best player literally put up zero points in the first half. <laughs> yeah. And you lost. This, I mean... Everything f- fell right for Houston to win that game. And, yeah. like, it kind of... I, I can't remember a game this uh, damaging to a franchise. I don't... Like, maybe, like, San Antonio, that Ray Allen rebound. Yeah, like, it, feel, that, it feels like that, right? Yeah, it does. Where you had the game in your hands. Possibly a championship in your hands. I mean, that's what Houston would be playing for down the road, you would think. Assuming they'd move through Portland, which I think they would. Yeah. And then, I mean, it's just devastating. Like, I don't know how, like, mentally you rebound. And that's after losing in Game 7, after missing 27 threes in last, last year's Western Conference yeah. Finals. That Those two games combined yeah. would put away a run, a franchise, a era. So, I don't What is, I mean, what is... What does this mean for Houston going forward? And I think that's the big question just, going into the offseason. Again, it's just it, there's a lot of money already tied up. You're pretty much going to be playing the same game you played this year with the Daniel Houses of the world. Like, you're <laughs> going to be playing that game until your owner is willing to pay the tax. Yep. Like, you're going to be doing that. And, I mean, Houston made it work this year. They made it through the regular season. Yeah, yep. they would have loved to be higher than the four seed, but they made it through this season. The playoffs, like, I, I didn't hate their playoff rotation. Their starters being P.J. Tucker, Clint Capella, Chris Paul, James Harden, Eric Gordon. And then you brought in Nene for about 10 minutes a game every night. It's about uh, as long as you could play it. But, him. hey, a three-minute spurt here, yeah. three-minute there, three-minute there. All right, cool. You got Austin Rivers for 15 to 20 minutes a game. He was good. He, yeah. He was a, a good role player. He's, he's not a playoff starter, but he's a really good player off the bench. He played fine in this game. Now, I can get a little critical of playing Gerald Green as much as they did. They played him 12 minutes. They played him on Shumper at 11. I would have rather that been like, so that's 23 minutes. I would have rather that been like 15 and 8. If Gerald Green was hot, then yeah, play him 12 minutes, but he wasn't. He went 2 for 9. Like, and he, cost, he, he had a really bad, did you see this sequence? Um, he had like a 3-on-1 fast break where Gerald oh, Green was. Yeah. Ended up being like a turnover or like no points or yeah, something like that just for like, Houston. That needs to be a layup. But everyone just ran into the three-point line and they couldn't <laughs> figure out what to do. And it was just kind of a mess. So I would have rather them play Chumpert a little more. But overall, like, that's that's a pretty decent playoff rotation. Yeah. You, you know who your stars are. They're playing a majority of the minutes. And you got decent wing role players and guard role players to come in off the bench and give you good solid minutes. Okay, so you're I know the end of the bench in a regular season, it was it was garbage, it was a mess, it was a disaster. We we're talking about it all year, the Daniel Hall situation and, and others. But in terms of the playoffs, like you shortened your bench. Yeah. You you have your team and man, I'm I'm looking I I'm not sure how you upgraded this team. Yeah. Unless you're just getting guys to come in like the same way Milwaukee got Brooke Lopez to come in for nothing. 
I mean, unless you're getting those type of guys, like I don't see any way you can improve the guys on this team unless you're just getting guys to basically play for free. Yeah, I mean that's the thing is like maybe you can get convince some veterans to ring chase, come in and yeah. kind of play for a minimum. Um, okay, so you replace Gerald Green with player X that is a slightly more consistent shooter. Maybe. Oh, wait, Amon Shumpert, <laughs> yeah. which you had and you didn't play enough. Yeah. So it's like... It was, it, yeah. I mean, it, you're right. It's just such a hard... Because so much money is tied up in CP3 and Harden and even Capella, which he was okay this series. But, you yeah. know, you know he's going to struggle in this series because he just can't can't play. Yeah. Like, you can't play him for that long. He's, Essentially, like, he's reduced to Kevon Looney, which yeah. Kevon Looney played well. He did expect- play well. But it's for his expectations. Right. He played just as well, if not maybe slightly worse than Clint Capello. But Clint Capello gets paid $18 million a year and is expected to be the third or fourth best player on the court. And he wasn't. Right. Yeah. And that's tough. Um, but, I don't know. It's just so hard. What do you do with this Houston team? Maybe I think, don't I think the instinct might be just to run it back. Like, let's see if maybe Golden State breaks up. Yeah. And then you could feel good about that going into the next year's playoffs or even the regular season. Yeah. That's, that's kind of where I'm at with them. I don't see the su- substantial upgrade yeah. for them. But I think what then we get at is this is just a Warriors thing. Like, this is yeah. just them. Like, this is just, it's their credit as yeah. much as anything. Like, they they could have essentially just like rolled over and said like we'll give you six we'll go back to Oracle for seven and they're like you know what never mind <laughs> and and so then like they came out and Steph Yellow he had a terrible first half his second half all, all glory vintage stuff yeah all glory to him because he was hitting everything now I know there's a lot of free throws there at the end too yeah but I mean he hit everything I mean that he had uh, when it was one hundred two one hundred four and he just did that. Behind the back, behind the back, oh, sidestep yeah. three on the on the wing, and he hit it. And he, Iggy, you can if you were watching yeah. Iggy on the side, he just put up his hands because he knew it was going in. The moment he started making the move, I was like, he's chucking. Yeah, and he did, and it it's it's just what he does. It, it was it was so much fun to see that Steph Draymond two man game come back where they just like know. So like there yeah. was there was I think three big plays. There was one that uh, that. Uh, Draymond slipped the screen, cut down to the basket. Steph got him the ball. He kicked it out to Iggy. They CB3 moved over on Iggy yeah. because he was five of eight from three. Hello, Andre yeah. Iguodala. Welcome to the 2019 playoffs. Yep. And it was just that enough to swing it back over to Clay. Clay hit the dagger. Yeah. And then a couple plays before that, like instead of slipping the screen, Draymond caught the pass, got it back to Steph, set a screen, and Steph hit a monster yeah. three. And it's just like those type of things you don't see a lot with. Durant on the floor because they just throw it to Durant, Durant. and get a bucket. It, it, it's easy and it works. And but they were saying after the game, like all those players for for Golden State is like we need Kevin back. Like he's the best player. But you're right. Like you saw moments of like step one, Steph. There's something up. There's been something up. Yeah. But you saw like once after Clay and Draymond were able to like just keep them in the game in the first half. That just like you're right. The vintage Warriors came out. The ball movement. Like everyone touches it, but and we know who it's going to end up with. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's Clay and Steph running around and just hitting threes. And once he, I think Steph started realizing, I got to get to the basket. 
he got there. He saw a couple go in. He got a couple free throws. He, he had like some like six or eight points, and then he started firing threes. And once that first one went in over on the right wing, that's it. He's like, all right, yeah. Now, now we got it. Yeah. And and he did. That's the that's the most like disheartening thing, is yeah. like seeing a Steph three go in because it's like, oh man. Especially after you've been struggling, you're like, oh, there it is. Yeah. And I I I, I yelled and I scared my dog, and <laughs> I was like, there it is, there it is, and I was like, it's turning around, and it and it did, it did. But also, Steve Kerr deserves a little bit of credit right now. Yeah. So one, he played 11 different guys in game six on the road. We talked about how role players don't usually play well on the road. He's like, oh yeah, Jonas Yerebko, get up. And went out there and gave him 12 minutes. Decent minutes. Not great. Nothing super special, but 12 decent minutes. Oh yeah, Jordan Bell, you're on this team. Here's 11 minutes. Like, just going to dudes. Quinn Cook played 16 minutes. Sean Livingston, 14 minutes. Sean Livingston kind of had a vintage, another vintage. He was good. He, like, just got the post up and kind of had some nice floaters there. He's like, I know CP3 is a good defender, but he's like, you're six foot tall. Yeah. yeah I mean, you, there's no way. This. Yeah. And it's just like, the Warriors at their peak back a couple years ago is all about ball movement and team and eventually trust your teammates to pass it around and if you will move without the ball Steph mm. Clay you're going to get it back yep. and it's going to be a better shot than if you were just dribble 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 make a move make a move shoot it's going to be better than that Houston <laughs> <clears throat> and we saw it again we saw everyone was engaged almost literally everyone was on the court at some point in the game for decent significant minutes Everyone was getting touches. Everyone except Alfonso McKinney got a shot up, and he only played seven minutes. But everyone got at least a shot up, and eventually it did keep moving. And the buckets, like, eventually they're going to fall. If you're Steph Curry, if you're Klay Thompson, if you're Draymond Green, eventually, like, it's going to go in. It may not be as consistent as you'd like because there's injuries or whatever going on, but it eventually will go in. And so I give Steve Kerr some credit. He's like, you know what? We're not going to roll over. If you're not playing defense, you're coming out. I'm going to put in someone else. I don't care if they haven't played all serious. Yeah. We're going to put in someone else. And that's hard to do is when you're a championship team. Whenever your goal is to win the championship and you feel like you got guys out there that they're like, no, you need me out here. Right. No, sit down. Yeah. <laughs> sit down. Take a seat next to me. Come here. You know, Shrebko, warm the seat for you. <laughs> but he's going to go in for 12 minutes. Yeah. And it worked out. You know, you're right. I, from here, though. We know where Golden State's going. Then they get to go home, play Portland. But Houston, they're just going home. They're just going home, and I don't know what to do. I, I mean... Besides besides run it back, I don't know of a better option. I, honestly, I, I, if I'm a Houston fan, I'm furious at James Harden. Yes, he gave you 35 points. He also had four turnovers in the fourth quarter that cost you the game. Yeah. The, the unspoken thing that goes on, Steph hit that three... James Harden inbounds the ball. Clay Thompson, being very aware yeah. of the situation, gets a steal yeah. off that, and they. I, it might not have been a bucket, but you still get twenty four seconds. Yeah, that you. The other team does not have the ball, and that's deflating. That I, I remember that. That that was just heartbreaking, and it's just like it was just a cheap defensive play. Yeah, it, there wasn't anything special to it, but it's just like, oh my god, can anything go right right now? Right. No, it can't. No, and Clay could have pulled. He could have yeah. pulled, and he probably would have hit from that three. Uh, he had some room there. The rate they were going, 
but you're right. Like, yeah, Chris Paul had a good stat line. James Harden had a good stat line. But you still feel like you could have got a little more out of them. A little more clutch performance. Like the type of gene we're talking about with Giannis or Kawhi or in moments Kyrie had, but not in games two through five of his series. How about CJ McCollum with no yeah. turnovers in game six exactly. or seven? You would have wished to have seen that come out in James Harden. Not just start to finish, but okay, now it really matters. You've, you've done well. Now be great. And he wasn't great at the end. Well, that's the thing. is like we see amazing performances from James Harden in the regular season and Golden State against this Warriors yeah. team with a Kevin Durant where they were sending three dudes at him and he made everything. It's just like, like get the ball and put up a shot. Don't worry about and getting fouled. Some like, was up, though. Some was I don't know if he, he's – I don't mean to just say excuses and stuff, but I don't know if he was hurt. I don't know if he was tired. But – James Harden doesn't miss five free throws. Yeah. And he did. And it was, it was a five-point game. Game yeah. six was a five-point game, 118-113. James Harden missed five free throws. The only five free throws the Houston Rockets missed all night were all James Harden. James Harden doesn't do that. Yeah. And and that, that, those alone don't cost you a game. But it's just like, it kind of that, can anything go right right now? Right. James Harden's got to be the one that says, yes, it will. Watch. Yeah. And he didn't. Well, that's the thing I guess I'm kind of getting to. Instead of a 35-point game from James Harden, I want to see, like, a 45-point game. Like, this is game six. This is everything you've worked for for two seasons. You're down 3-2 at home. You need as everything. Have people be mad at you because you were, like, Kawhi and chucked the ball every yeah. time you touched it. But you at least you say, we're, we're going to go down fighting. This yeah. is how we play. This, this is how we're going to go down. Not. I'm sorry, Gerald Green. Give me, you're not shooting a shot. No. You're, you're not. No. This is not. Give me the ball. Give me the ball. It's like everyone still talks about how like LeBron was like in his series a few years ago. It was like, we're not using me as a decoy. You're yeah. giving me the ball right now for J.R. Smith or whatever. Now, like the Dame CJ one from uh, their game the other day against Denver. Okay, CJ's red hot. Yeah. And, and Dame is like, I'm not feeling it. I'm okay being the decoy. That's one thing. Right. But James Harden is like, no, dude, you put up 35. Go get the ball. Get the ball. Like, this is what you do right now. KD's not out there. Yeah. Like, th- that's it. This is the moment. You didn't rise. Yeah. And that's and that's ultimately ultimately thing with Houston is how is this era going to be remembered? Is it going to be... The Suns 2.0 with Mike D'Antoni at the helm, where they were really, really good for a lot of seasons and just could never... Never great. Never great. Good, not great. Which, I mean, there's something to be said about that. Are you just the Carl Malone Jazz? Yeah. Like, respected, beloved, adored, but not a champion. But not a champion. And that's the thing, is like, of this era, someone's not going to win a championship. Not everyone can win a championship. There's one every year. That's why it's so precious. One every year. And in this Golden State wake of greatness, we just might... Houston might be one of those teams. James Harden might be one of those players. Yeah. And that and that and that's okay, the, but... The Jazz like, got caught in the Michael Jordan wave. Yeah. Bad timing. It's just... You were born in the same yeah. era that one of the great, greatest players of all time played. Yeah. It's also why Houston got a little lucky, though, is that they won a couple championships back in the mid-90s. Okay, well... Jordan was playing baseball. Yeah. <laughs> and the Bulls weren't fully the Bulls. Right. And so you, you snuck in there and stole a couple. Maybe So that's maybe why you just keep doing what you're doing is you hope they sneak sneak in and steal a couple after Golden State has to retool or whatever. 
And who knows if that happens? I mean, they could oh, win it a could championship. Not happen. <laughs> yeah, it could win another championship and bring everyone. We'll pay four hundred million in luxury taxes next year. That's fine. I mean, if you're one, uh, someone's got to pay for the stadium, you know. Yeah, I know. Anyways, let's move on from what it, what could be a obituary for this uh, Houston team. Where, where do you want to go to next? Do you want to talk about your Celtics, or do you want to do you want to say we'll that? wrap them up real quick? We've talked a bit about them. Yeah. So let's just wrap it. Wrap this up. Put them in the casket. Put them in the casket. Lower them down. <laughs> game one, like we mentioned, all Boston. Game two through five, Boston looks like they forgot they had basketball games. <laughs> I'm, just being, I'm just being honest. Like it, they, they just look disinterested. And they just look like they weren't. Even, they didn't belong on the court. They look like a G League team out there. And, and that's being nice. I would have rather had the main Red Claws. <laughs> Go Red Claws, Go by the Red way. Claws. Um, and... I think it's just the Bucks' big three with Giannis, Middleton, and Bledsoe. For the most part, every single game they showed up. Bledsoe at times, like, eh. But for the most part, they showed up every single night. And then you got good bench play, particularly George Hill. It's a bonus. Yeah. For the Celtics, complete opposite. Kyrie, we've talked about, shot shot a lot, didn't make a lot. <laughs> didn't make a lot. Al Horford, it seems like he he's just way too passive to be your number two guy. He just is. He does everything well. But I need him to assert himself more. And he just didn't. Same way Chris Middleton is like, no, I'm going to get some shots up right here. You're going to feel this three-point wave. Yeah. Or for it, okay, yeah, it's a different style of game. But like on some of them, I need to be like, we're struggling. Give me the ball. Let me just post up whomever and, and just get one of my old man buckets. Right. Need you to do that every now and again. And the, we, we could never figure out a third guy. Who's our third guy? Kind of Tatum. Kind of not Tatum. Who's our bench? I don't know. Gordon Hayward sucks again. Like we just couldn't figure it out. Every time Milwaukee is like, "Oh look, we figured this out," Boston was like, "Oh, we didn't think you'd figure it out." <laughs> and then they just had no adjustment. Yeah. Brad Stevens got out coached. Oh, like, like straight up. Oh, like hard. Spicy. Got he, oh, that's not spicy. That's <laughs> reality. That's white people spicy. <laughs> you like white people spicy food, so. I do. I'm throwing that out there for you. I do. Um, I'm a, I'm a, uh, like a medium wings type of person. <laughs> I don't, I need to take you to Wingstop. Um, <laughs> but just my, my big thing was like, where were the adjustments? Yeah. You, you came out there in game one with a fantastic game plan. And then game two happened. Okay, that's fine. You're in Milwaukee. Hmm. Milwaukee's not going to lose both at home. That's not going to happen. Okay, what about games three and four at home, though? What about games three and four whenever you, you kind of saw Milwaukee's reaction, you saw how, how they were going to attack you or how Giannis was going to attack you. Why didn't you do anything different? Because I'm not going to lie, I didn't see a lot different between games three, four, and five. It just looked like, well, this is what we have, so this is what we're going to throw out there, and we're just going to hope and pray that Giannis has a bad game again. That's not going to happen. Giannis, He's a Greek god. Giannis was a... I mean, like, it's why he's the MVP this year, in my mind, is he just, like, took over the game. Took over the series. Was like, okay, yeah, let's... Uh, he just admitted, like, okay, I had a bad game. Yeah. They got me on one. They ain't going to get me again. They're not going to get me on four more. That's nope. for sure. Um, I think one of the things, I think it was game four, maybe, um, where it was the third quarter, and none of the stars were out there for Milwaukee. But it was maybe like Kyrie and Tatum out on the floor mm-hmm. and Al, and they like lost the lead. 
Yeah. And I was like, oh God. You can't do that to Pat Connaughton. Yeah, that was it. Pat Connaughton was out on the floor just eating alive whoever was out there like guarding him. And it was like, he's everywhere. He's like getting, getting steals and like hitting like a couple big threes. And I was like, oh my God, like where... Like, Boston should be making a run right now. It was Milwaukee who ended up making the run. Mm-hmm. And then fourth quarter, put the nail in the coffin when Giannis comes back in. Yeah. One, Pat Conton in the closeout game, I know it's not the game you're necessarily talking about, the closeout game, played 33 minutes. Yikes. Honestly, if you told Brad Stevens at after game one, hey, in game five, we're going to make Pat Conton play 33 minutes. You would have like, to feel pretty good about oh that. Oh my gosh, yes, let's do that. And it's like, oh, no, just kidding. Pat Connaughton had 10 rebounds and 9 points. And you're like, wait a minute. Pat Connaughton? <laughs> We're talking about the same, same dude, player, right? Right, right? <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, that kind of guy, this just hard worker off the bench, knows their role and says, like, I'm just going to play out of my mind. This is the playoffs. Yeah. He did. And I saw that from no one. I saw Jalen Brown didn't give me that kind of effort. Terry Rozier, he can just let him walk. Just let him walk. <laughs> Don't even offer him. Like I'm serious. Like and this is me calmed down after a week. Don't even offer him. Say like we wish you best of luck in Orlando or wherever you're going. But it ain't here. Have fun he's not making got, the playoffs again. He's got to get gone. Yeah. You, you can't keep him at this point. Gordon Hayward looked like trash in this series. He looked fine against Indiana. He had some good playmaking. And in game one, he was all right. He was averaging like seven points a game the rest of the series. You cannot do that. You can't be paying $30 million a year to... I got to average seven points, play no defense, and, and can't distribute or rebound. At this point. I'm not saying he won't next year, but at this point, that's a real bad look. Yeah. And Tatum, again, disappears in moments. He's too passive at times. But I don't know if he has the trust of his teammates. Jalen like Jalen Brown, not super impressed. He's fine, but never great. Okay, so you're a good role player. So you're a fifth starter. But on our team, like, we were needing him to be the third guy at times. Yeah. That's just not it. There is no recipe for success. Maybe, like we talked about, there's just bigger problems in Boston about who whose team is this? Who's leading this team? How do we build this team? Maybe there are just bigger problems, and this was just, like, the collapse of it. But that was tough to watch. That was yeah. tough. As a, as a Celtics fan, that was tough to watch. Giannis just do the same thing over and over and over again, and we just didn't do anything in, in return. But we did in game one. So that, that confuses me. How do you do something in game one? Okay, it, it doesn't quite work in game two, but then you can never find like another adjustment in game three. You can never find like another thing to try to do because Giannis just went bananas. Yeah. Just went nuts. I mean, what what was his average during that season or during that series? It was something insane. Like he was scoring like what thirty plus points a night. That's what. It, oh, it, it felt like I can try and get it pulled up real quick. But yeah, it's. I know Giannis is obviously like we talked about a potential MVP. Like, and that's that's hard to stop. Just straight up, that's just difficult to stop. But you can't let him go for in game one. And this was great defense. He went for twenty two. Then he went for 29, 32, 39, and then last game he only had to go for 20. <laughs> he only had to play 31 minutes. Like, he didn't even have to be out there that long. Because Pat Conton was 30 tearing it up. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, okay, so this dude he had a really good series, I would say. 
I wouldn't say he even had a great series. He's had mm. a really good series. Yep. And there was just nothing you could do to slow him down. And it's like, I know Al Horford is a really good defender. You can't just keep throwing Al Horford out there. I think something, I think I saw this stat, and I'm pretty sure, correct me on Twitter if I'm wrong, but Giannis ended up shooting like 40% from three. Let's see here. Uh, from this ser- In this series? Yeah. So he shot seven for 17 because he missed a couple. He was 0 for 2 in the last game. So seven for, what did I say, 17? Yeah. That's- <laughs> so God. So but let's yeah. get this straight. Let's get this straight. Giannis, the dude who was deemed couldn't shoot, is now shooting 40% from three going to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, good luck. And I mean, don't get me wrong. They're they're basic threes. They're either dribble, dribble. I mean, they're no way one's, way. No one's off. guarding right. me, so I'm just gonna pull it, take it, or catch and shoot. Again, no one's around me. But just having that alone, that's what Joel Embiid wishes he had. Yeah, like that's what. But ben he does Simmons it. He does it at thirty percent. <laughs> yeah, Ben Simmons came and shoot it. And so it's like, okay, well, now Giannis, maybe it's not super consistent, but if he can do it at a thirty-five percent clip let alone a 40% clip, all of a sudden, then that's that's completely different. But honestly, I think Boston was fine with him taking them. I mean, every that's single the one shot I watched, you want. That's every single time I saw him take a shot, Boston's like, all right, fine, make or miss, fine. But then at the same time, it's like, okay, but then you can't let him get into the lane 15 times also, <laughs> and then just get 15 dunks on you. But he did. So that's kind of where I struggle. It's like, okay, you're giving him the three, you're giving him the J, that's fine, but don't let him just come in then and go eight for 13, and it's just all getting in the lane. Don't let him do that then. But yeah. I mean, he made the refs blow the whistle, and that was it. He did. Like, he was shooting 18 free throws, 22 free throws in a game. Like, uh, attack the basket, and there was, like, no one. I mean, that, that was a flaw for Boston. All I mean, year. From day one, that was a flaw, and we talked about it. Getting to the free throw line, that and rebounding. Killed yep. him. Absolutely killed him. Pat, I mean, Pat Conson getting that, 10 rebounds. That says it all. Yeah, I know. And and meanwhile, for, for us... Okay, Morris had 14, Tatum had 10, no one else had more than 7. It's like, Pat Connaughton out-rebounded Al Horford. <laughs> well, I guess they tied 6-6. Six and six. But okay, Pat Connaughton and Al Horford were tied rebounds. That's bananas in a closeout game of the playoffs. Yeah. If you told us that, I'd be like, what, what does that even mean? <laughs> it's, obviously, it's not good for the Celtics. Great for the Bucks. The Bucks are get to move on now. And <clears throat> lots I, of rest. Yeah. Oh my gosh. They've been off for a week and a half by the time they'll have to play. Whereas Celtics now, this gets into what we'll be talking about. What's going to happen with Kyrie? Mm-hmm. Al Horford has a player option. Could could he be gone? That's a quiet thing among all this. We talked when Marcus All got traded. Like, will Marcus All opt out, looking for a long term deal to secure some long term money? Is Al Horford not going to do the same thing. Yeah. It's thirty million, so not that much different from Gosal's, I think twenty six or twenty seven. Okay. So you're gonna opt out and either look for long term money with Boston or you can be like, deuces, there's a lot of money out there. I'm gonna go get some. I mean, Charlotte could I mean there could be a lot of money there if Kimba's not signing. So that's just kinda where I'm at, like this team could look very different from in terms of a top heavy perspective. Yeah. Or the the top end guys. Could that could change real quick if if those two are like, I don't know if I see where I, I like where I see this going, or or I don't find it particularly enjoyable to play with this set of players, 
And it seems like pretty much all of them besides Terry Rozier are under contract for the foreseeable future. So unless something drastic else changes, I'm going to be the change. Yeah. And I'm going to I'm going to leave. Yeah. That's a good point. It's a it's a going to be a either a very uh good off season for Boston or I mean maybe it could be good either way, you know. Good in ways you don't expect. Yeah. Cuz I I don't think the drop off's going to be huge no matter what. You would think Tatum would get more control yeah. whatever happens of the offense. Maybe still have Brad Stevens, this allure of Brad Stevens at the very least. Yeah. So yeah, I, I still think this is a playoff team moving forward, no matter what. It's just is this a six seed? Yeah. Is this a two seed? I I don't know. It's a good I don't question. like I don't like that feeling. <laughs> now you know what it's like to be a Thunder, Thunder fan. fan. Welcome, welcome to the club. Let's move on to Denver, Portland. We can talk about, or would you rather move on to Toronto, Philly? Let's just finish out the East. Okay. We're already in the East. And we've talked a little bit about Toronto Philly so far. So my biggest things from this series was Embiid was extremely inconsistent. We touched on this. And we also touched on the idea that Simmons showed up in one game out of the seven. I don't know the percentages on that, but it's not 14%. good. 14%. That's not good. Yeah, no. You can't come in to a seven-game series, second round, against Toronto, chance to go to Eastern Conference Finals. You showed up. In all reality, once. Not good. <laughs> I mean, that, I don't. I don't know what to do with that. Like, I don't know. Huh, I just don't know what to do. I mean, like we talked about, I don't know what to do with Simmons and Bean. Um, instinct is to run it back, but there's just so many questions about how that fits, how that fits together because you can't run a lot of traditional offense with them, and I think that's what a new coach would struggle with. Um, that's been reported quite a bit this week, mm-hmm. is that Brett Brown could be on his way out. It's like, same question that comes to head coaching searches. Cool. What's your plan, and who's going to be better than him? Yeah. You already lost Monty Williams, yeah. who who got hired away from your staff to go to Phoenix. Yeah, I don't... I mean, unless you can convince, like, Ty Lue or, or someone like that. But still, like, is, is Ty Lue the guy you want for that job? I honestly don't know. Yeah. I like, mean, I... I feel like so many of the players have respect for Brett Brown. Just knowing like he's been a part of the build there, and so have they. Outside of Jimmy and Tobias, everyone else there seems like they've they've been a part of the the process. Yeah. And so if you if you're ditching Brett Brown, does that mean the process is like over? Over, over, and therefore one or so of these guys can't stay. I'm. I'm struggling with you. I've heard a lot of opinions now from sports writers now that the, the Philly series is over, or their ser- their season is over. It's like, just more chatter like we've been talking about. You can't keep both, can you? Obviously, everyone out of Philly, like from the team, saying, of course we can. But, but like you said, I'm really not sure because it seems like Simmons showed up once yeah. in this series. Embiid had, let's call it, two... Good games? Two and a half. Yeah, two and a half maybe. Because sometimes his impact isn't always in points. So he had two and a half good games, and it got you three wins in total. Okay, sounds about right. If your two best players had two good games and one good game, okay, that sounds about three wins. Yeah, I can do math. (laughs) Two plus one equals three. Who knew? And you can say that half means you were really close, and you were really close in that last game. You were four bounces away. And 
But that four None bounces away is the difference between Toronto and Philly right now. Yeah. And it's sometimes not a lot. So maybe it's a slight overreaction. But it's not an overreaction to say. Like, it's just reality to say Joel Embiid did not have a great series. He did not yeah. look like a great... He looked like a, a, a great player at moments. He looked like an out-of-shape player, a tired player, an injured player, a sick player for four games, though. But my thing is, <clears throat> same thing with Ben Simmons. We've talked about this all year. What did you do all summer? Like, seriously, yeah. what did you do? Th- this conditioning thing was a thing last season for Joel Embiid. It's like, oh, did you not know the playoffs were coming? It's not like a surprise. They're here. Yeah. You knew you were going to have to play an extra 11 games this year minimum, which is what they ended up doing. 11 games. You hope to play 16 to 20 extra games. Honestly, I don't know if Joel Embiid could have played another 10 games this year. Uh, he would have gotten... Uh, like, Brooke Lopez would have eviscerated him. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, uh, that's, Just run him off the court. That's not good. Help him like, back Gian- to the locker room. Giannis would have run him off the floor. Yeah. Like, it's... I just don't know, like... What, like, what do you do with your free time? Like, I get you have a life outside of basketball, but if you're wanting to play for championship, like a championship, like we're talking about one of, I don't know, 10 that are going to be handed out in the next 10 years, a championship, you got to be committed to that. Like, you have to have, like... I do, I do wonder if he gets to do, like, the same thing Lonzo has said, which is, like, I haven't got a chance to really work on my game because I've just been hurt. Okay, well, that's still a knock on you. Yeah. Like, that's still a knock. Okay, you haven't gotten Take better. Take care of yourself. Because you're hurt. Okay, well, does that just mean you're an injury-prone player? Does that mean you're not taking care of your body the way you should? Like, either way, you're still not getting better. Just because you have an, an excuse, which Joel and B may have the same excuse, doesn't mean it's not a no longer bad thing. It's just, okay, there's a reason for it. Still, still a problem, though. Yeah, Absolutely. So, it's sometimes hard to reason through that, and I think that's something it's going to be hard for Philly to, like, one, accept, but two, like, it's just t- hard to be able to re- a team around a guy who's hurt all the time or either a guy who can't shoot. Right. Like, those are most difficult tasks, alone when you have two on the same team. Yeah. And you're expected <laughs> to play with both at the same time and make it work. Yeah. I mean, that... I don't... Yeah. There's so many things. I mean, like, another point here <coughs> to Embiid's importance... I mean, not really, I mean, you having, f- like, five centers on your roster, but being able to play zero of them and yeah. and to rest and bead. I think this stat has been thrown around quite a bit on social media. And 99 minutes of rest for a bead during the series, it uh, equated to minus 109 for Philly. That's a big number. But at the same time, one... You, you shrink your playoff rotation. Like you, you have to. you got to play only your best of guys. When your star is hurt a lot, you're playing a lot of guys that maybe you wouldn't either want to play or not want to play in that many minutes. That's still a knock on your star. Yeah. Like, that you're just not out there enough to, to consistently give the impact you need to be able to give. Yeah, it's a bad number. And yeah, maybe that proves like Joel Embiid is important. He is good. He he is useful for this team. He is what this franchise needs to build around. But on some level, like maybe that means well, he's just out a lot. And this team is not good enough otherwise to really be who they want to be. But this is your reality. Yeah. Like this is your reality if you're building around Joel Embiid. He is hurt a lot. He has to sit down a lot. Either because of foul trouble or just his body needs a break. 
more often than you would want. Is it really any that different than Boban? Like, <laughs> uh, Boban's body is even bigger somehow. Yeah. And so his body can literally only handle so much of it. And because he's a massive human being. Is Joel Embiid also mu obviously much more skilled and, and a better player? Is it not that much different? And can you build around that? That's a tough question. Elton Brand, of all people, a former big man with injury history and injury problems whose career never quite ended up being what the, everyone thought it would be. He's now the guy building this team and having to figure out around Joel Embiid. And it's like, is that a weird, like, look in the mirror moment for Elton Brand of like, okay, how are we handling this guy? How are we managing his career? Right. Are we going to push him for the next three years by re-signing Jimmy Butler and saying, nope, get out there. Yeah. Get on the floor because we need you. <laughs> and saying, like, we'll figure out the end of your career later. Or is it, nope, we're going to manage you. We're going to play 28 minutes a night. And we're going to pay a lot of money for a good backup center. Because we need you long term. We need you for 10 years, not just the next three or four. Well, that's kind of interesting juxtaposition in the series is Kawhi, like, sat every other night on back-to-backs. Yeah. He also was able to just, like, put up 38 shots this game in this last game and took over the game late and ended up winning the game. I don't know. Like, I just don't like, I think there's a balance there that you have to find with Embiid. Like you just mm -hmm. have to find it. And it, like, you can't be playing him. Like we talked about this in the first game against Boston of the year. They played Embiid and Simmons like 40 minutes. It yeah. just doesn't work for 82 no. games plus playoffs. It no. just doesn't. So you have to figure out what you're doing. Like if it's do. 30 minutes, if 30 minutes is your max, that's great. Awesome. Play him 30 minutes game. But like you can't expect him to play 35 to 45 minutes a game when in crucial regular season games and then have enough left in the playoffs to yeah. figure it out. And honestly, if you're getting fined for resting guys, take the fine. Take the take, fine. Take the fine. Like, you, you're Philly. Yeah. You got enough money. Just take the fine. Say, that's fine. Your Our beer guys, sales will do it yeah. plenty when you reach the finals. Yeah. Oh, the beer sales will be plenty whenever fans show up and they're like, oh, we got to watch a Philly game without Joe Embiid. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, you'll have the money to do it. You will have the money to do it. If, if it's that important, if, if that's the route you feel like you need to go down, just do it. And tell Adam Silver, come do something about it. Yeah. Do something. Uh, that, that's the thing. I think that's what Cleveland should have just did a couple seasons ago. Should have done a couple seasons ago when it was LeBron's last season. It's just like, okay, cool. Fine us. Fine. That's fine. We're fine. in championships. Yeah. So. That's I'll the take, thing. I'll take a chip. No. We'll, <laughs> we'll take the championship and everything that comes with it. Yeah. The parade, all that stuff over a couple fines. Let's talk about Denver-Portland really quick. And then uh, we'll move on to conference finals. Man, the West, both of them, just the and team that ended up winning gave the other one every chance in the world. Oh my gosh. Denver had every single chance to win game seven at home. Dame started slow. You had a 17 point lead at one point. You were <laughs> like doubling up in the first quarter. Like you were in the 30s and they were just getting into the teens. It yeah. felt like. CJ still owned you though. And. After just chipping away, chipping away from getting in the second quarter at halftime, getting it down to nine. Third quarter, cutting it down, I think it was to four. And then eventually, CJ just be like, 
you see that left elbow? I'm going right there. I'm gonna. I'm going right there. And then crossover, left elbow, pull up, long efficient too, inefficient too. Went in every single time. I think there's something to be said. Like I think uh, I forgot who put up a shot chart of uh, CJ during the series, but he was like 49 or 50 percent from that range. It's like yeah. there's something to be said about. Every two shots you put up, you're putting in one of them in a playoff game. Yeah, and if you're just... And that's the thing, that, that shot's usually not a good shot because most people hit it at like a 35, 40% clip. But if you're yeah. hitting it at like a 50 plus percent clip, then all of a sudden that's a layup. Yeah. Like that that's statistically what a layup is too. And so that's as, just as good of a shot. And so CJ was hitting it. And, and I don't know exactly for this game what his percentages were from that range for the game but it felt like every single one was going in every single time you're like oh yep and in the fourth quarter for sure (laughs) for sure every single one was going in it looked good it looked really good um good for cj mccollum though and good for this portland group after having a devastating sweep in the first round of last year against uh whatever new orleans new orleans team to get to the Western Conference Finals, that says quite a bit about this group. I After think. Nurkic broke his leg, and you've you've had like yeah all the trash talk from last year. You had to put up with Russ and the Thunder, which everyone was really high on. Yeah, everyone kind of counted you, counted you out after being the three seed, mind you. Yeah. This team's the three seed. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is the 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 upset. You you have to pick one. This is gonna be it. Sharpie, nope. And then you get Denver. Oh, Denver won like 60 games this year. Denver's pretty good. Nope. Dame, was, Dame looked tired. Don't get me wrong. Dame looked tired yeah. in game seven. Yep. But that's why you get. That's why you have another dude on your team who's like, all right, that's fine. I'll get us a bucket. That's why you go pay that man. You go get that guy. So that way when this happens, because on some level, there's only so much one guy can do. you got to have another guy. CJ was that other guy. And proved it time after time again. Okay, yeah, Dame carried us this far. Let me let me pick us up on this one. Yeah. And sometimes, like, it's that simple. You got to put the ball in the basket. <laughs> you got one guy who will lead your team and do that for several games. When he gets tired, you bring in the next guy. Right. And if he's good enough, he will do it too. And CJ McCollum is. And that, that was the thing with Denver is – they didn't have a second guy in this game seven. Jokic was, was good. Jokic was doing Jokic things, but Paul Millsap, MIA. Jamal yeah. Murray, MIA. Will Barton, I don't know, doing Will Barton things. Yeah, just screwing around, messing with Seth Curry over in the corner. <laughs> it's just like Denver's a good team. Yeah, they good, are. Solid team. I don't know. I think I would have preferred Denver to move on just because of the Seeing what Jokic would have been able to do against Golden State would have been interesting. They've the contrast. Just the contrast of styles would have been fun to watch. Ultimately, if Dame's like good, like this game, this series could be end up being fun against Golden State. Mm. But if I mean, like, I, I just don't know what the Nuggets do going forward because, like, Paul Millsap, there's a club option. Yeah, do they bring him back? What do they do with that? I feel like he tried to renegotiate that. But at the same time, he, he was important all year yeah. for most of the series. But you're right, he didn't play well. But it, no one could shoot well. The team was two for 19 from three. Oof. And Jokic had both <laughs> of the two that were made. 
I think I think this is a successful year for Denver. You didn't yes. make the playoffs yes. last year. Successful year. Learn from it. Figure out if you can get a little creative financially for next year, who you can bring in. Great. But otherwise, maybe you just kind of build this thing. See where it goes. Yeah. You got Gary Harris locked up for a bit. You got Jokic locked up for a bit. Murray's still on. I think he's still on his rookie deal. Yeah. Like you got you got some time and some flexibility. Make the most of it for now. And I don't know, maybe just see how these all. It feels like everyone's 22 on this team outside right. of Paul Millsap. Just see how these guys kind of grow. Um, and, and call that and call that a day. Another unspoken thing about this Denver, Michael Porter didn't play a game. Didn't even play. Yeah, lottery pick from last year. Maybe the most talented player from last year's draft class outside of Luca. Yeah. And yeah, who knows? He could be a thing. And that could be, I mean, like, that could be a significant development for them. Now, if they're wanting to wait on him to develop, to develop that might be another story. They might end up flipping yeah. him, but... Is it, Maybe that's a really great trade chip, though. Yeah. For for someone who kind of this offseason is, like, desperate or, like, oh, crap, we need a rebuild, blow it up. That could be a real nice, juicy piece. Yeah. I mean, we, we know nothing about him, so... He's tall and he can shoot if he if his back is straight. <laughs> if it's broken, then yeah, it's a little bit troubling. But it sounds like know. Dwight Howard almost. Oh yikes! But no, like overall, I'm 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 good with Denver. Some of these like Houston, I feel I feel bad about Houston. I feel yeah. bad about Austin. I feel good about Denver still. I mean, like I'm fine. There's hope there. Yeah, there's absolutely hope, and I mean, hopefully you can build off this next year, maybe get to the conference finals, depending on how how everything falls mm-hmm. for you. Um, so yeah, I mean, good season for Denver. Uh, the surprise of the year, definitely. Yeah. I think for everyone, especially as how high they got in the standings. Um, but good year, good year. Um, let's move on to our second topic. Let's move on to the conference finals. Let's, let's talk about those. Who do you want to start with, Matt? Um, we'll say back to Golden State. Let's say back. So this is kind of what we're looking for from them. So Golden State, I'm looking for Steph to stay in rhythm. So, okay, you, you finally broke out of this funk, whatever that was. Stay in rhythm. I've, I've crapped on him a lot, but I have loved what I've seen out of Draymond in this playoffs. He's been really good. He, so, continue to empower him. Yeah. If, if KD needs to sit for a little bit, if Steph's still not quite everything because his hand clays, that's just not his game is to run the team. Continue to empower Draymond, and then trust your bench still. Still, keep running out there. You don't have to run on eleven guys, but but keep trusting your bench. Play that team basketball. That's what built your franchise for the last several years. Let's keep that going. Portland, pray to God <laughs> Dan gets his legs back, <laughs> and and CJ is still just keep hitting. And then let's just see a few other guys. Rodney Hoods, Evan Turner's, Evan Turner hit some free throws the other day. Did not see that coming. Evan Turner getting some big post-ups in that game seven. Okay, Turner. one. That dude looks huge. Yeah. That dude looks like he put on like 20 pounds of muscle up in Portland. Well, he hasn't been playing, so Maybe that's probably. It. probably. <laughs> um, and just hope a few guys hit some shots. Because against Golden State, I'm not saying outscore him. Well, one, you need to outscore him to win the game. But like, I'm not saying just getting into an arms race with them is necessarily yeah. the best thing. But play defense. You you progressed as a defensive team and hope that you hit timely buckets you need amino and harkless to do something in the series Man, they got benched for like half that game you yesterday. can't 
you can't have them do what they did against Denver, which they just disappeared. They did. And in a moment, you're like, oh, there's Mo Harkless. It's like, no, I can't have Mo Harkless for three minutes a game when he's out there for 25. Yeah. Showing up. You need Mo Harkless for more than that. Yeah. You need Alfred Camino for more than that. Milwaukee, just remain confident with Giannis. Even if he has another bad game one, just remain confident. Rest of the team, keep shooting. And... And play the team defense because against Toronto, it's gonna be real easy to to just say like we got to take out Kawhi. Kawhi is a good enough passer to find other people. Kyle Lowry is not looking to shoot. He's no one's pass. looking to shoot on that <laughs> Toronto team. Pascal will be like, hey, basketball, and <laughs> and and put it up. Like, there's a lot of guys on this team who can pass the ball and who can shoot it. Now, yeah, maybe they've been in a slump. There's a lot of guys who, who can do something with the ball. So don't get too focused on any one guy. Play the good team defense you can. Let's try and find Giannis a hiding spot on Serge Ibaka or Marcus All or something. Maybe that means Brooke Lopez isn't playing as much, but eh, I don't care. Whatever. Play good team defense. They were so good against Boston and they their were. scramble defense. Like Boston was like passing the ball Help pretty each well. Other out, yeah. And, and they were just like couldn't find an open shot. No, they couldn't. And I think a part of that's a good perimeter defense too. Yeah. And Bledsoe playing good perimeter defense. George Hill pretty good. Chris Middleton. I mean, there's good. just good communication. They know yeah. where they're going. Yeah, Malcolm Brogdon. And for Toronto, just you need you need Kawhi to stay hot to be like the leader. I don't care if he's taking 39 shots. I don't care. No one else is. No one's shooting. No one's shooting well. So might as well give the ball to Kawhi. It's kind of like what we wish Harden would have done. Take the ball. Yeah. If it, if you're hot, if your team needs you to, take the ball. Do yep. something with it. Be a leader. And then Lowry, Gasol, and the other guys, just do something. <laughs> do literally anything besides suck. Yeah. Just just don't suck. We talked about this with the Clippers a few episodes ago. Just only put guys on the floor who don't suck. And all of a sudden, it's like your chances of winning like increased by like forty five percent. Yeah, I mean it's it's amazing that like I, I think this game, this series against I mean Toronto Milwaukee comes down to who's going to make plays. Is like is yeah. Lowry, Lowry or George Hill going to make plays, or Eric Bledsoe, or even Malcolm Brogdon? Like whoever you want to insert, Danny Green versus Malcolm Brogdon, Lowry versus George Hill, or Eric Bledsoe, like. Who's going to hit shots? That's what it comes down to. Like, you know Kawhi and Giannis are going to bring it, but ultimately, like, when the light's the brightest, like, who's going to be that other guy who can help their superstar? Yeah, and based off what we've seen, Milwaukee's proven they'll do that. Toronto, they've done it enough to get here. But if if that's the tipping point, there's a pretty definitive way you have to lean. Yeah. So let's get into our predictions real quick so we can wrap this up. Go ahead, Ryan. What, what you got going? I got – so do you want to snake this? Get sure. one prediction? Okay. So I, I'll start with Golden State since we started with them. Golden State in five. Like I think Portland will make this interesting at times, but ultimately Portland is too tired and Dame just doesn't, ha- doesn't have enough left in the tank to, yeah. to get it past five, I think, especially if Durant comes back. Mm-hmm. I said Golden State in six. I just think the Blazers play too hard. Yeah, like they they care too much. They have too much pride after how last season went. And then they've played really well in these playoffs. Like you can see them starting to decline. You can see it starting to happen. But they'll take one in Portland. 
I wouldn't be surprised if they take one in Golden State. Just yeah. Golden State doesn't show up. So I'll give them. I'll give them six. I, five would not surprise me. I'm. I would lean more five than seven, for sure. But I'll, I'll give them. I'll give them a couple. I'll give Portland that much. Game six though in Portland, Golden State closes it out. Gives them that classic. That's it. So it's a good run. Yeah. We'll let your fans know. Cheer you off the court. That's it though. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. So for me, the next Eastern Conference Finals is Milwaukee in seven. And what I said earlier, the Milwaukee role players are just ready for this moment. Yeah. And Toronto's Kyle Lowry is shrinking. Mm-hmm. Every moment, he ch- every chance he gets, he has shrunk in this playoffs, especially in the second round. So I'm not – I don't see Toronto winning this series. I, I almost went Milwaukee in six, but I'm going to stay safe with Milwaukee in seven. That's all right. So I got Toronto in seven. Ooh. One, role players don't win games. They help. They don't win games. So this is my only note. Stay spicy. <laughs> stay spicy. <laughs> spicy P. Spicy P. I, I need you. Kawhi. Take 45 shots. I don't care. Take yep. 50 shots. I don't care. If no one else is, you go do it. I think he, I'm not saying I want him to. Stay spicy. Keep it going. And trust that. I, I think I, I don't trust Kyle Lowry. Right. But I trust him more than I trust Eric Bledsoe. Sure. Consistently. I think Eric or um, Pascal Siakam, Chris Middleton are pretty level to me. I think the coaching may be slightly Boonholzer, but it's it's close. Everyone else, assuming they play the way they can, Toronto and Milwaukee's benches and role players are pretty close. So, all right, Kawhi or Giannis. I'm, I'm going with Kawhi because I've seen him do it. Yeah. I've seen him do it. <clears throat> I know what he can do. I'll, Finals I'll, MVP, I'll gladly you. be wrong, but yeah, this is a dude who, he didn't just end up in this spot by accident. Like, he... He wasn't a finals MVP on accident. Right. That dude, that he secured titles for the Spurs. That's worth something. And I think that's worth something now. We talked about how Denver, this, this was new for them. This was a new experience. We'll call it a successful year. We'll call it good. We'll call it happy. Okay, Milwaukee's never been this far. That's like with since this like two thousand or something. Yeah, like he that. had Ray Allen wearing thirty four. Also, <laughs> like it's been it's been a minute. You know, wearing those slick purples. Jesus Shuttlesworth. And now you got the complete antithesis of Jesus Shuttlesworth. <laughs> um, wearing thirty four, leading your team. But I I just I don't know if everyone else because there's really no one on that team that's been in this type of a scenario before. Toronto has a couple guys. Yeah. Got, got, got some. So, Toronto and seven. Stay spicy. Stay spicy. <laughs> so, let's talk about our game of the week series we're looking forward to the most. Um, why don't you start, Matt? So, I got Blazers at Warriors. This is going to be game two on Thursday, May 16th, 8 p.m. on ESPN. I'll, I'll call Warriors 114 to the Blazers 109, taking a 2-0 lead. Nice. So I've got the Raptors at Bucks. This is game one Wednesday, May 15th, 7.30 p.m. Central uh, on TNT. I got the Bucks 110 to the Raptors 103. Hmm, pretty close. 
pretty close both of these games. I hope so. I feel like we've been over predicting the scores, so I tried to adjust Bring it down a little bit. accordingly. But watch, this game's going to be like 130 to yeah, 125 or something like that. No one can miss. Uh, <laughs> Matt, do you have anything you want to add before we uh, end the podcast for the week? No, I, I think I'm good. I think I'll. I think the the semis are always a super fun round. There's always a lot to digest from them, but I feel like we have a pretty good understanding of what happened. Yeah. But but for the teams that got bounced, I, good luck. <laughs> good riddance. Man, we're gonna have some some interesting off season discussions when we get to the off season pods. Yes, absolutely. Uh, welcome to the conference finals, Matt. Let's hey. talk. Let's talk about that. It, it, we still get basketball essentially every other night, which is nice. Yeah, it's not. I appreciate it. Not to the finals yet, where it's like every two nights. Unfortunately, we're almost to the end of the basketball season. I don't know what. Oh. It's not good. We'll, we'll be in baseball territory, which Lord's, Lord knows it's awful. Anyway, that's it for this week's episode of the Couch GM Podcast. Remember to follow us on Twitter if you haven't already at NBA Couch GM Pod. Uh, you can also find us, if you haven't yet, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. Remember to rate and review us. You can be honest. You can leave us one star if you want. I yeah, might Kyle Lowry performance. Yeah, Kyle, I mean, I, I might be having Kyle Lowry performance on this podcast. Who knows? Anyways, uh, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you back next week.